Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. One that's going to say, hey, oh, I wish you could go to the prophet. You could go to God, amen, and he could heal you. He can take care of your leprosy. He can take care of your sin. You're going through all these problems because you're living a wrong life, and God can heal you. Amen. She's symbolic of us, no matter where we find ourselves, at work, at the store, out of town. We need to be ready to share Jesus with people. Amen. And what he can do, he can work miracles for anybody. We need to tell people Jesus is the answer to life's situation. He'll perform miracles in their life if they have faith and allow him to. Amen. But the problem is too many people, they have preconceived notions of how God's going to work or how he's not going to work. And it gets in the way of everything. A preconceived notion is an opinion we, we form, a persuasion or a personal belief or judgment that's not founded on proof or certainty. You know, we, it's an assumption. We assume things. You know, sometimes first impressions are not correct, and we judge a book by its cover, and we assume things. And because of that, amen, there, we, we, it causes problems. If you have preconceived ideas about something, you've already formed an opinion about it before you have enough information or experience to really form an opinion. Amen. Some people have preconceived notions about individuals. Some people have broad brush preconceived notions about entire groups of people. And that's where we get dangerous stereotypes and prejudices in our society. Amen. And we tend to discount or dismiss altogether anything that fails. Amen. That falls outside of the boundaries of the preconceived notions that we've got all set up in our mind. You know, here's a sample of a preconceived notion. So it's kind of a, a, a couple little simple examples of kind of church-related preconceived notions. You know, a person that believes in their heart that they'll only be blessed in a church service if a particular favorite song is sung. No, that never happens, believe me. There's people that, man, if you just sing that song... I'd shout all over this building. Okay, well, I'm not going to sing it then. Because you should be shouting all over this building in, in any song. Because we're, 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 you know, we're lifting our praises to God. Well, that's not my favorite song. God can move anytime. Well, i got a preconceived notion, and I'm keeping myself from getting a blessing from God because I'm limiting, amen, God in my life because of that. Or I've heard this before, whoa, if I could just have that big name faith preacher that I hear about and I see in conferences and stuff, if I could go and have him personally put his hand on my head, I would be healed. Woo! Yeah, woo! Yeah, you'd be healed. Amen. Or why don't you just have some no-name, somebody that you've never heard of that has just as much faith in God come and put his hand on you. Or how about God just healing you with nobody putting his hand on you? You just have faith to believe. God, I, can, I know you can heal me right here. You can heal me at the altar. You can heal me in my car. You can heal me, amen, by my bedside at night or whatever. You can heal me anywhere. Folks, we got to get rid of the preconceived notions. 
Amen. And herein lies the problem. If I don't accept the possibility that something can happen, it is most likely not going to happen for me. Amen. And if I don't believe God can heal me for whatever reason, He's not going to heal me. Well, you know, it's been you know, a year since I've had this. So, He can heal you. Yeah, but you know, I'm, I, I've prayed a million prayers. I've been on prayer chains. People have fasted for me. You know, I've had you know, people saying this and that. I've been a lot of prayer, 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 and nothing's happened. So, amen, God can still do it. Yeah. To get rid of the preconceived notion. Don't put any limits on God. Don't put any handcuffs on Him. If a drug addict or an alcoholic doesn't believe that God can completely deliver them from these vices, then they won't be delivered. But I believe and I know that God can completely deliver people from addictions and vices. I've seen it. Amen. If a couple in a troubled marriage doesn't believe that God can put their marriage back together and back on track, it won't happen. But you got faith in God, I don't care what it is, God can fix it. Amen. Maybe somebody told you to give up on your, your miracle or give up on your dream or whatever. Maybe you've been in a situation so long you've lost hope from receiving. Maybe you've relegated your situation to the impossible category. And in your mind you think it's even too big for God to handle. I'm here to tell you nothing is impossible to God. Even if it's impossible, it's not impossible. But you know what it is? It's all things are possible to them that believe. We are the ones that limit God. God is limitless. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. God is, he's got a vast power. We're the one that put the limits on God. Let's take him off, praise God. What is keeping you from your miracle? Amen. Praise God. You know, an Old Testament example of a preconceived notion comes from our text passage. After the Jewish girl informs Naaman's wife, Naaman's wife tells Naaman, Naaman goes to the king of Syria, the king of Syria talks to the king of Israel, and boy, there was all kinds of diplomatic channels going through there, and and here we go, we find Naaman and his entourage ending up right on the front gate of Elisha's house. Amen. And when they got there, Elisha didn't even come out. How rude. These preachers, these prophets, they're so rude. He, he didn't even come out. He sent a servant out and, and, and hey, uh, the boss just told me to tell you, uh, you're Damon, right? Okay, you're the boss. Okay. The boss told me to tell you to go to the Jordan River. Amen. Yeah, that's the muddy one. Sorry. Go to the Jordan River and wash seven times and you'll be fine. And you have a nice day. He just went back in the house. And Naaman, like, literally fell off his horse. I mean, he was so upset. Amen. You know, he, he was so offended that the prophet didn't even come out to speak to him in person. Because, see, he had a predetermined emotion in his mind before he even arrived at Elisha's house. This is the way it's going to happen. He's played it back in his mind. And if it deviated from that, then he wasn't going to get his healing. Folks, that is, the, that, that is some damaging stuff for, for faith. We've got to just come up and say, you know what? We, this, well, I don't know how it's going to work. I just know that God can do it. Amen. In his mind, if the prophet didn't come out, 
and call on the name of the Lord and strike his hand such a, with a, such a motion or, ooh, you know, I don't know what, over the, over the disease, then he, he wouldn't recover. And to make matters worse, he was told to wash in the muddy Jordan River, and he wondered out loud, why couldn't I wash in these other two rivers in Damascus that are clear, crystal clear and beautiful and won't get the same results? No, because that wouldn't be obedient. God said, this is what you got to do. He was so upset, in a rage, he started heading back to Syria, no better off than when he came, because of his preconceived notion. He was this close. You know, if you had your camera, just zoom into that, those fingers. You can barely put a credit card in between my fingers. He was this close from missing his miracle. But thank God, somebody with him, and they, they were just his, his uh, servant guys that were with him, whatever, his subordinates, uh, they said, um, uh, boss, you know, they said, they, they used a, a term of, you know, like, uh, you know, honor, like my father. Um, uh, now, hold on here, before we do anything rash, we come all this way, and, you know, if that prophet would have told you to go, you know, kill a hundred bears and bring the skins back, you would have done it to get your healing. Because you're an army guy, and that's what up been up your alley. But he told you to do something that was humbling, and said, go wash in the Jordan River. Why don't you just wash and be clean? What's the big deal? And I guess he talked some sense into him. And he said, okay. And he went and he washed seven times. And his skin was like a baby's skin. It was perfect. All that leprosy was gone. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. We all need people in our lives like his servants. We all need people to challenge us and say, come on, don't give up that easy. Come on, don't yet, without let your preconceived notions rob you of your miracle. Amen. You just go after it. Praise God. Do what the preacher said. Do what the word of God said. You know, what's, what's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing but at least obey the word. Amen. And see God move. What or who is keeping us from our miracle? I want to encourage you to have an open mind when it comes to God and His Word. Amen. God says what He means, and God means what He says. Amen. When Jesus was about to do His first miracle, He was at a place He wasn't even he probably didn't even want to be. He was at a wedding in Cana of Galilee because His mom invited Him. And he was there, and they ran out of wine, and, they, and he, she said, hey, uh, son, I need your help. And it's like, he, he, didn't, he didn't want to get involved. But he performed his first miracle. And what, he told, what, what she told the servant, when, he, when she saw that he was going to help, she told the servant, she said, whatever he says, do it. His name is Jesus, and you're going to find out that what he says happens. He speaks to demons, and they got to go. He speaks to the wind, and it's got to slow. Amen. He speaks to the food, and it's got to grow. He does all these things. He speaks to the dead, and they come back to life. Praise God. And so whatever he says, you do it. Amen. Even if it doesn't make sense, do it. You mean we're taking ordinary things of water and then we're just going to dip and then go give it to the guy that's in charge of the feast and say, hey, we found some more wine. 
It's like, we're going to look like idiots. That's what they were thinking. Okay, we're getting fired today. Nice knowing you. Amen. Just do it. Doesn't make sense. But it's going to happen. Somehow, by the time they got over there and they dipped the ladle in there, that wasn't water anymore. Even if you don't think it'll do any good, do what God asked you to do. Peter, professional fisherman. James and John, his partners, from professional fishermen, fished all night and caught nothing. And they were bringing the nets in. And Jesus said, hey, what's going on here? And well, we had fished all night. We caught nothing. Hey, take the nets and throw them over there. And he goes. And he said, Master, we've toiled all night, Luke 5, 5, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. That's what we got to do. And Peter was saying, you know what? This is not going to do any good. I'm a professional fisherman. He's not. But I'm going I'm to let, let it be. Amen. And he chose to do, be obedient over his knowledge, over his preconceived notion that I already put the nets there. We fished that place a couple hours ago. He's wanting us to put the net the same place. Amen. And that preconceived notion almost kept him from the blessing. Praise God. And he put a net over there and the boat almost pulled over and sunk into the water because so many fish got in that net. Because Jesus, was, he told all the fish, go over there. And they're all just, just, just waiting. Right right here, Lord? Yeah, right there. He, yeah, I told him to throw it over there. As soon as that net gets in, you guys all head in there like it, you're, you're racing to get to the net. And they all got in there, and they couldn't, they, you know, the net almost broke, and they could barely get it in the boat, and the boat's almost flipping over. And then Peter said, oh, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. I mean, he, he saw, you know. But thank God, he said, nevertheless, amen. Praise God. And even Jesus used that word, nevertheless. He, he said, Lord, never, when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he knew he was about ready to go on the cross, he said, no, he said if, it's, if it's possible for me, amen, to accomplish your will without going to the cross, amen, so be it. But if not, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. We got we to get that word in our vocabulary. Nevertheless, amen. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not sure. It doesn't make sense to me. I got this preconceived notion, but nevertheless, I'm going to obey your word, God. If God said it, we need to believe it, and that settles it. Amen. A New Testament example of the preconceived notion is when Jesus' friend Lazarus died. Jesus was not there on purpose, and he purposely, when he heard that Lazarus was very sick, he didn't even go. He waited some extra days, and then Lazarus died while he wasn't there. Amen. And when he got to the house... Both of Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, came to him and they said the exact same thing. The first words out of their mouth when they saw Jesus. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. That was a preconceived, that was an assumption. Amen. But God, but Jesus had this whole thing planned out. Amen. Jesus let him know it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter when it happens. It doesn't matter, amen, how it happens. If you'll believe in the power of God, he told them anything can still happen. Yeah, but he's dead. It doesn't matter. You believe in the power of God, anything can still happen. Amen. Jesus asked people, several people, a simple question or a statement which... When answered correctly, 
unlock the miraculous in their lives. When two blind men came to Jesus, amen, he said, or in Matthew 9, 28, he said, Are ye believe ye that I'm able to do this? Amen, the blind men came. Do you believe I can do this? Yes, Lord. Okay, boom, you got it. Yeah, but I've been blind since I was born. I don't know. No, don't say that. Just say, yep, I believe. Amen. He told the father of a demon-possessed son, amen, in Mark 9, 23, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. He told Martha, the sister of Lazarus, in John eleven forty, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? I told you, yeah, but he's been dead four days. I don't care. Roll away the stone. Yeah, but he's going to smell. Roll away the stone. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. No, you're, yeah, but. Just do what God said. And you'll see the glory of God. But he's dead. Yeah, but he's going to come out right now. Because I'm going to say, Lazarus, come forth. Amen. We need to ask ourselves these kind of questions today. Do you believe he can do it in your life? And what's your answer? Do you believe he can do it in your loved one's life? And what's your answer? Do you believe he can work miracles in your situation right now? No matter how hard it is or how hard, how long it's been around. What's your answer? Amen. Get it away so that you can have a free, wide open miracle path. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's purpose in our hearts today to remove all obstacles from our hearts and minds that would prevent the miraculous from being accomplished in our life. So so what I'm just saying as I'm coming to a a close here in a second, when when we get to the place where we don't care how he does it, I got to figure all this out before it happens. No. I don't care how he does it. We don't care where he does it. We don't care who's around when he does it. Oh, well, I hope I'm by myself because I don't want to be embarrassed. What are you embarrassed for? Well, because, you know, I don't, I don't know. How bad do we want our miracle? Who cares who's around? Well, people might talk. Oh, let them talk. Let them see that, hey, someone just rose from the dead. They can talk about that. Let them see. They, they, know, they know I've been sick for six months, and they can talk about how I just walked away, and I'm not sick anymore. I let them talk. Praise God. Amen. So when we get to the place, amen, when we don't care who's around or how he does it or where he does it, then we'll be prime candidates for the miraculous in our lives. Amen. Thank God. I just want to encourage all of us, because I know all of us, we've all had preconceived notions in our life about not just God stuff, but just in life. In general, amen, about relationships, about if this guy's going to be okay, or if this girl's going to be okay, or this situation, or something at work, or whatever, and, and all of that, you know, has hindered us in some ways. Sometimes it helps us, but a lot of times it hinders. I'm just saying, let's, when it comes to God, let's get rid of the preconceived notions, amen, and let, let's not let anybody, anything or anybody stand in the way of my, keeping me from getting my miracle. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. 
thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.